We are in our journey through John, and as we have been journeying through the Gospel of John, uh, we have repeatedly noted that the Gospel of John is the Gospel of Declaration, because none of the other three Gospels record Jesus declaring in so many words who he is, in so many different aspects. Uh, I am the light of the world. I'm the bread of life. There are so many ways that Jesus declares who he is. So many facets of who he is, is declared in the gospel of John. And today we are going to cover the last of the Lord's declaration, and we're going to see how it relates to you and I. So I'm going to read from uh, John chapter 15. I'm looking, reading from the New International Version. Whatever version you have is fine, but follow along, beginning in verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy to my Father. Now, one more verse, verse 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Father, I come before you in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you for the word that you have given me to, for all of us here today, God. And I pray now for the help of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of the Lord will guide every word that comes from my mouth. I want to be able to communicate with clarity and distinction the word that you put in my heart. So help me to do that. And as always, Father, give us all an ear to hear what your spirit would say to us today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone say it with me. Amen. Amen. Okay. So as we have just read, Jesus declared, I am the grapevine, or depending on your translation, I am the true vine, right? The true grapevine, the true vine. This declaration of the Lord simply means that in the kingdom of God, everything centers around Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us in the book of Colossians, I'm going to read in chapter 1, verse 15, Christ is the visible image 
of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So here, uh, the Apostle Paul, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, teaches us that the center of creation is Jesus Christ. Everything that the Father created, he created through Christ and for Christ, and it is Jesus Christ who holds everything together. That is why he is the true vine. Are you with me this morning? All right. So, now, Jesus went on to say then that he is the true vine and that those who follow him who call themselves Christians, well, we are the branches. And then the Lord begins this illustration of the vine and the branches, the vine and his relationship with the branches by saying something, stating something that many Christians struggle with. Struggle acknowledging, struggle believing. Notice that he said in verse uh, one that the father who's the gardener, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Every branch that doesn't produce fruit, the father cuts off. Uh, Kirby, give me my two uh, pictures from illustration, please. Uh, you'll see them coming up onto the screen. The first one is uh, the picture of a branch that's producing fruit, right? Then the second one, as we're going to see right now coming up, is a branches that have no fruit on them. So Jesus said, my father, who's the gardener, cuts off Every branch, every Christian that does not produce fruit. And those branches, he goes on to say, are gathered to be burned in the fire. Strong words, aren't they? They are words that, again, many Christians often struggle accepting. But this is not the only time that Jesus made statements of his kind. In fact, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 19, it says, he, Jesus speaking, he said, so every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. So what the Lord is saying to us today is that he is the true vine if we've embraced Christ as our Savior, if we have said yes to Jesus Christ, then we are now the branches. 
But he goes on now to make sure we have to understand in this dynamic relationship between the vine and the branches, whatever branch is fruitless is in danger of being cut off by the Father and thrown into the fire. So that brings us to two questions for today. Number one, we've got to ask ourselves, what is fruit? And then secondly, how can you and I as branches be fruitful? Those are the two questions I want to address today. And so the first question is, what exactly is fruit? For that, we turn to a familiar portion in our text, in our Bible, as Galatians chapter 5. I'm reading in verse 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of what? Come on, say it. This kind of what? Fruit in our lives. So here's the fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So now, from this portion of Scripture, we get two things. Number one, the, the, the fruit that's in our life, whatever that is, is produced not by you or me, but by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the divine sap, if you will, He flows from the vine into the branches. And as he flows into the branches, the purpose for that flow is so that fruit might be produced. And the fruit that we're looking at and we're talking about are the attributes of the character of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, again, let me uh, go back and go all over that again. Jesus is divine. As believers, we are attached to him when we embrace Jesus Christ as our Savior. The Spirit of God, the divine sap, if you will, flows from the Lord in and through our lives, and his purpose is to produce this godly, divine character and these attributes that we're looking at of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all attributes of the divine character of God. Now, that tells me this. You can be a Christian. Listen now. You can be a Christian attached to the vine and still be fruitless. You see, we're, we're, talk, we're not questioning this morning whether we are saved or not. My question isn't whether you are saved or not, although at the end I, I, we'll, we'll address that, that question to some of us. But the question is this. I can embrace Jesus Christ as my Savior, which means I am a branch attached to the vine. But even though I'm a branch attached to the vine, I can still be fruitless. 
And if as a believer, I am fruitless, if I don't have, if I don't bear these divine attributes of love, joy, patience, uh, peace, kindness, uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, if I don't have evidence of this divine fruit in my life, then I am fruitless and in danger of being cut off. And again, let me stress, you and I, in and of ourselves, we can't produce this fruit. Only the Spirit of God flowing in through us can produce this fruit. That also reinforces this. You and I can be active in works and still be fruitful. In other words, listen, we're going we're gonna to be gathering uh, some young people and some workers during the course of this week, and they're going to be taking all of this food and packaging it up into bags. We're ho- hoping to give away over 500 dinners uh, on, on Saturday. People are going to be working to do that and to prepare all that, right? Right now, today, there are people working. If I could use the word works, the worship team, this is their work uh, to worship the Lord. And we have the ushers who are working to seed us. We have the, min- the media people who are working right now. You can be full of works and still be fruitless because works is not fruit. Are you following me this morning? It's important that we recognize that because people think, well, I'm busy for God. Busy for God doesn't mean that you're fruitful. The father, who's the gardener, he examines every branch. God examines your life. Listen to me, those of you watching online. God examines your life, and he is looking for one thing and one thing alone. Is there fruit in your life? Is there fruit in your life? And if there's no fruit, if we are fruitless branches, then we are in danger of being cut off and ultimately cast into the fire. Now, someone say, well, pastor, I, I, I thought that once you gave your heart to Jesus, your eternity is sealed. You thought wrong. There's nowhere found in the Bible. Our eternity is conditioned upon our fruitfulness. You see, God is looking to develop the character of Christ in his son. We represent Jesus on this earth. And it's not enough to say you're a Christian. You have to live as a Christian. You have to display the very character of Christ, which we see what the fruit of the Spirit is, as we've just read. And when we don't have that representation, it is not the church that cuts you off. It is not another human being that cuts you off. It's the Father himself that cuts us off. This is serious stuff, isn't it? I mean, this is the truth of God's word. So that's why we have to go back to, now that we understand what fruit is, the the question we have to ask ourselves is, how can I be a fruitful branch? 
How can we all, as the people of God, be fruitful branches? I want to share a few thoughts regarding that, and then we'll get to pray. Number one, listen, we must guard against the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. The seed that fell among the thorn represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So finish it with me. So no fruit is produced. No fruit is produced. So what is, uh, here Jesus had given a, a, a parable about the seed being the God's word and that the seed, the farmer, meaning God, sows his word into a field, into a heart. And some seeds fall into hearts that are thorny, as the Bible says. And the, Jesus now, later on, explains to his disciples what this uh, parable really represents, what it means. And he's saying the, 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 the heart that's full of thorns, here's what happens. They hear God's word. It's not that they can't hear. They hear the message week after week. They hear the message when they read the Bible on their own. But what happens is that message is quickly crowded out, pushed out. Some translations choked out. Why? Because there's something else that's taking place in their life. It's the worries of this life or the cares of this life and the lure, the deceitfulness of wealth or riches. So what is Jesus saying? When you and I, as the people of God, as those who are and have embraced Christ as their savior, when we are concerned more with this life and all that it has to offer. And when we are now, that, that is combined with the lore that wealth is the answer. And isn't that what the, 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 the image that we find in America, the dream, the American dream, is I've got to attain so much stuff and I can get that by wealth. Wealth gives me stuff, gives me happiness, and I can enjoy, that I can enjoy. That's the the American push, if you will, that we find so prevalent here in America. And sadly, sometimes as the people of God, that hap transpires into our life where we start thinking, I, I, the cares of this life, I'm more concerned with how I live in this world than I am concerned with God's will. I'm more concerned with, with my job and my career than I am concerned with the ministry God's called me to. I'm more concerned with the attainment of wealth to grant me than everything that I desire rather than honoring God with my wealth. Now, Jesus said, when that transpires in a believer's life, it's not that they don't hear the message. It's that the message has no effect in their life and they become unfruitful. So it's important that you and I recognize we must, by the grace of God, we must avoid this lure 
that wealth is the answer. We must avoid this temptation to think that it's all about this life and how much we can get out of this life. Uh, the, the common theme that you find all over, Sally, in the Church of America is people tell me what I want to hear, not what I need to hear. So if I don't hear what I want to hear, I'm going to find me another church because there's somewhere there's a church that's going to tell me what I want to hear. And today, many of us, we don't want to hear living righteously before God. We don't want to hear this, all this stuff about, hey, I, 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 you know, it's important that we enjoy life. Doesn't God want us to enjoy life? Yes, but classify, what does it mean, enjoy life? Because my Bible tells me the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's the joy that God comes when, when you're in the right place with God, that the joy that this world has to offer can't compete with. So we need to recognize that it's these worries of this life and the concern for how we're going to live and what we want to accomplish and, and the law of wealth, that, that wealth is the answer, that's what will choke God's word out of our life. So we've got to guard our hearts against these two. Amen? Okay, so that's number one. We must guard against the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. Here's number two. Buckle your seatbelt. The ride's going to get even more bumpy. We must, everybody say it with me. We must embrace, come on, say it. Now, it's not we must embrace prunes. Let's make sure you read that correctly. We must embrace pruning because Jesus said every branch that bears fruit my father sees that and he prunes it so that it'd be more fruitful now I don't know about you but if I'm bearing a little bit of fruit the last thing I want is for God to be cutting me up. See, pruning, it talks about the cutting away of that which keeps us from becoming even more fruitful. And that varies in so many different ways. What, what God prunes in my life may not be what God prunes in your life. But there are things, sometimes, sometimes there are relationships that God cuts away. Sometimes there, there are uh, uh, careers that God cups away. Sometimes there are things that we have possessed in this life that we delight that God cuts away. Not because God is mean, but remember, God's number one objective, I want to see fruit in your life. And the more fruit, the better. So when God sees that there's growth taking place with the character of his son, the character of Christ is being developed in you and me, then comes the pruning. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 10 through 11 says this, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. 
discipline, pruning. Whatever word you want to use, whatever adjective you want to use, it signifies that there are things that God does in our life that initially hurts. It hurts when God cuts you off from a relationship that you so cherished. And you wonder, why did that happen, God? Remember, God is always after one thing. What is that one thing? Come on, say it loud. Fruit. God is not after you and I enjoying life. Listen to me. I'm not talking about God being a mean God, but I want to make sure we think that God is our big sugar daddy. Oh, I really dated myself with that word. Uh, that, That God is our gigantic ATM machine where there's no limit to how much we can withdraw of good things in this life. And there's, there's that popular gospel that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does God want to bless his children? Yes. But we need to make sure we understand that number one objective of the father is to ensure that you and I are producing fruit. That's what the gardener does. He looks at every branch, and the branch that produces fruit, his first response to that fruit is, what can I do so it could bear even more fruit, so it could be more fruitful? Can I cut this away? When you look at agriculturally what we're talking about, the cutting away of part of the branch is so that the sap, now is not divided, but goes more into the fruit, making it grow even more and become riper and sweeter, etc., etc., etc. The cutting away. Is it painful? Yes, it's painful. We don't want it to happen. But the writer to Hebrews says, even though it's painful, is afterwards there'll be a harvest. You see. After the pain comes the harvest. It's like a mother giving birth. After the pain, there's the glory and the beauty of holding your baby, right? I can't identify with that. Uh, I'm not obviously a, a woman. I can't identify with that. But those of you who are moms can understand there's a lot of pain up until the birth. But somehow after the birth comes and you see the baby, the pain is not so great anymore or it's not prominent in your thinking, all you're looking at is your baby and the glory of that moment. I think that there are times where God chooses to move us. I say this reverently in a way so that I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure you guys don't misunderstand me. Uh, My wife and I, when God began to speak to us 18 years ago about moving us out of New York, and the church that we had helped to start, it was very painful for us. Uh, I, I was not looking to go anywhere else. I was totally happy working alongside my best friend, great pastor, greatest pastor I've ever known, uh, still is. And, uh, but when God began to speak and saying he was going to move us out, that was quite painful for us. My wife and I really went through a lot emotionally because we knew we're going to leave the people that we love so much that we have nurtured for 18 years. 
We're going to leave behind our, our biological family to move to a city that we've never been in, a godforsaken city called Chicago, <laughs> where there's inhuman cold in the wintertime. Uh, but we knew it was God. But see, knowing that it's God doesn't make it any less painful, does it? You still got to go through that. But you see, once we arrived and once we put our hands to the plow to do what God's called us to do, then comes the joy and the harvest, knowing God's doing a work in our life. And God is using us for his honor and for his glory to be an encouragement here. And by God's grace, you have tolerated my wife and I for 17 years. Well, let me correct that. You have tolerated me for 17 years. I know my wife is perfect, uh, and you don't need to tolerate her. Uh, but see, the transition was we don't want to go, but we'll go because we, we know it is God's will. That's where the pruning comes in. You know, God is doing something and it's painful, but somehow, some way, there's going to be a harvest after that. And I thank God for that. Let me encourage you. Don't resist the pruning. Don't try to run away from the pruning. Uh, God is relentless in his pursuit because his number one objective is to produce fruit in our life. How can we come, become fruitful branches? Let's recap. Number one, we must guard against the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. Number two, we've got to embrace pruning. And here's the third one. We must remain in Jesus. Right, those were the words of the Lord. Uh, some translations say abide in Jesus. Uh, Jesus kept stressing to the disciples, you've got to remain in me. Uh, you, there is no life for the branch when it gets detached from the vine. Right? You realize that, right? It's very practical. You, when you go to a, a store and, and, and you look at flowers, you say, oh, these flowers are beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful now, but how many know eventually... They're going to wither and die. Why? Because they're not attached any longer to the source of the, that gave them the nourishing, life-giving sap. Same thing with branches, right? I buy, I love grapes. I go to the supermarket, buy some grapes. They look great. The grapes taste wonderful. But the branch is already dead because it got severed from the vine. Jesus said, you must remain in me. What does, what does that mean? It means this. One, we got to maintain a close, unbroken communion with Jesus. You cannot be fruitful. You and I cannot be fruitful if we are, don't spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the Spirit of the Lord flows as we take time to be in God's presence. As we take time to be to, in prayer and, and with his word, that's when the Spirit of God begins to flow in and through our lives. And it's out of that close communion with Jesus that that Spirit of God flows and produces the fruit in our life that only he can produce. So we've got to maintain a close relationship with the Lord. And second one, this is so uh, a common uh, practical one, 
but it's one that we got to reinforce, and that is that we have to walk in obedience to his will. Notice in verse 7, I'm going to put, uh, if you can put verse 7 back up on the screen, Jesus said, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. In other words, there has to be that remaining in the Lord, that, that walking in obedience to, to, to the Lord that's so critical uh, because if we don't have his word remain in us. It, what that means is we are just, we're not abiding in his will. We're hearing God's word, but we're not obeying God's word. And you cannot, it is impossible to bear fruit, to bear the fruit of the spirit when we're living in disobedience. That was a good place for you to say amen there, but that's okay. See, this remaining in Jesus means staying in communion with the Lord, fellowship, that, and out of that comes that obedience to God's word. And when we do that, when we walk in obedience to the Lord, when we remain in him, then we see wonderful things happening. Jesus said twice, worship team, if you would come. I'll, you know what? Just Kat, Kat, why don't you just come? I want you to play something quietly. Jesus said twice in verse 7, and in verse 16, he made a remarkable statement. When you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you want and it will be given to you. Think about that statement. And he reinforces it by saying it twice. Verse 7 and verse 16, he repeats it again. Whatever you ask, it will be given for you. Well, now, does that mean we have carte blanche in prayer? No, it doesn't mean that. But what it means is this. When we stay in close communion with the Lord and we are walking in obedience to his word, there's witness in our spirit of what God's will is. And our prayers are, are structured by that communion and by God's word. And so we know I'm praying something that's according to the will of the Lord. We don't get crazy in our request. We don't start asking God, I want you to bless me. By, I, I want a million dollars. No, it, we're in close communion with the Lord. We're abiding in his word. And out of that flows from our spirit that which we need to look to the Lord for and ask for. And then the promise comes in. Whatever you ask for, you receive it. So as fruitful vines, we receive what we ask for in prayer. And lastly, as fruitful branches, excuse me, we bring great glory to the Father. Look at verse 8 with me as I get ready to close. He said, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. So notice, well, why did Jesus say that? Well, because there are a lot of people who profess to be disciples but have no fruit in their life. So he wanted to make sure, he, the true vine, wants to make sure, you want to be a true branch? You got to bear fruit, much fruit. And when you bear much fruit, you are my true disciples. And listen, this brings great glory to my Father. Bearing fruit, becoming more like Jesus 
and character. Now that's what brings great glory to God. Stand with me. As I prepare to close in prayer, I want you to consider just two questions today. Those of you who are watching online, two questions for all of us to consider. Number one, am I a branch? If Jesus is the true vine, am I a branch? Am I attached to him? Have I embraced Jesus Christ as my Savior? That's our first question. If you haven't done that, let me encourage you to do that by simply opening your heart to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to be a branch. I want to be attached to you. I want to embrace you as my Savior. Forgive me of my sin and come by your spirit in my heart. Secondly, here's the second question. For those of us who are already branches, here's the big one. Am I a fruitful branch? Am I bearing fruit to the measure that God is glorified? I want to encourage you this morning. It's God's objective. The Father's objective is to ensure that you and I are true branches, true representatives of Jesus Christ. And we can only do that as we display the character of Christ. And only the Holy Spirit can produce that in, in all of us. You can't produce that in yourself. Haven't you ever noticed that, right? The more I try to produce patience, the less I have it. The more I try to be kind, the less kind that I am. We're talking about the character of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That God wants to produce in all of us so that we might bring great glory to his name. Father, I lift up my voice this morning. I pray for those who are hearing me right now, who perhaps have never embraced your son, Jesus Christ, as their savior. They're not a true branch. They've never said yes to Jesus Christ being their savior. They've been striving to be acceptable before you through religion or personal morality or some other way. But this morning, I pray that you would open their eyes, that they would see that unless they are attached to the true vine, then they're not really saved. They need to say yes to your son, Jesus Christ. I pray this morning that they would do that, Father, and that you would hear from heaven and forgive their sins and deposit your spirit within their spirit. I pray for all of us who are already branches. Thank you for attaching us to the true vine. Thank you for the, the spirit of the Lord that flows in and through our lives. Father, I realize today, and I pray we all realize today more than ever before, the importance of bearing fruit. For your word declares clearly that you look upon every branch, and the branch that is fruitless, the branch that does not bear fruit, ultimately is cut off. And I know you desire for all of us to stay attached to the vine. 
It's your will that every single one of us would bear fruit and fruit that would remain. So I pray, Father, this morning that we would embrace your word, that we would embrace your, your grace, oh God, that by the Spirit of the Lord uh, and your grace, we would avoid, oh God, and say no to, to this life and, and the deceitfulness of wealth, oh God, that we won't get caught up in living for the moment uh, of pleasure that will cost us dearly, spiritually. We don't want to be a, a Christian, a branch that's fruitless. I pray, Father, that we wouldn't run either from the pruning. We, yes, we know that there are times it isn't pleasant for us, but as your word declares, there's a season of that unpleasantness, but then there's the rich harvest that comes afterwards. God, have your way in all of our lives. And I pray, Father, that we would always remain in the sun remain in Christ in that close unbroken communion with our Lord and Savior and our lives will be marked by obedience to your word Father we want to glorify you by bearing this much fruit Father so I pray this on behalf of every single one of us Lord beginning with me may we all be fruitful branches that bring great glory to your name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together and bless the Lord. The true vine.